have been about two Iran million European Union citizens worldwide in the UK Hello, you are listening to Wealthy Women, a show about immigrant women and their stories. I am Anna Torre. And I'm Cecilia Gragnani. Welcome. So today, before we meet our first guest, I'd like to share my immigrant story because, Anna and ladies and gentlemen, I've recently passed my Life in the UK citizenship test. Congratulations! Thank you very much. How did it go? Well, they only tell you if you pass or you, if you fail. I'm pretty certain I smashed it. So I think I did probably 90%. I studied really hard. I didn't want to fail because every time you take it, you have to pay £50. And I was like, no, I'm not going to fail on such a test. And how long did you have to study for? Well, um, it's up to you. You have to study a book. But I practiced online with tests and with the British people. And it was very funny to find out that a lot of people didn't know the answers to most of the questions. For example, how many members does the uh, Northern Irish Assembly have? 108. And uh, you won't find the Queen's contact details on the yellow pages. And, um, you know, who brought a shampoo to the UK? There's a lot of very fascinating things that now I know about. Very random facts. Yes, a lot of history, a lot of, um, you know, how to navigate life in the UK, a lot of fun facts, but nothing. And does that mean you can now get a passport, a British passport, a blue British passport, of course. <laughs> well, no, that means that I can apply to the, for the double citizenship. So without that test, you cannot apply to become a double citizen. So what happens is you take the test, you put together your application, you, um, you file it, they get the money first, which right now it costs £1,282. Every year it increases 20%. And after that, they tell you um, that they receive received it they ask for your biometrics which is another 19-20 pounds at the post office and then uh, after about six months to a year they invite you if you get accepted to the ceremony where you have to um, swear an oath to the queen and you have to sing the national anthem and then after that you can get the passport if you want the passport which is an extra 70 pounds <sighs> Wow, I have to make a note of all that because hopefully one day I will be able to take the test and do all of that too. I'm sure you will. And as soon as my blue passport arrives, I will, sh I will show it to you and I will bring it here because I will have a, a purpley brownie one and a blue one. Very lucky. I, I feel, I feel honoured, I have to say. Well, um, since we can't celebrate yet because this is just the first step, I think we can move on and meet our first guest. What do you think? Yeah, let's do that. Um, our first guest today is Angela. She's an actress, a voiceover artist, a writer. I would say mentor as well. She's an award-winning blogger with her blog Babe. She's the founder of Actors Tweet Up, and I would say a great entrepreneur from Australia. Uh, thank you for coming, Angela. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, um, first question, where are you from? Oh, so I'm from Australia, um, from a small country town called Bundaberg, which is famous for their rum and their beer. 
That so, sounds yeah. very interesting. Mm, yeah. We all want to go there. <laughs> and uh, when did you move uh, to the UK? Oh, giving away my age. Ten years ago, coming into my 11th year now. So I've been here for a long time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And what was the motivation to come here? To be an actor. So I was already acting in Australia, but I wasn't doing enough of it. And I was working nearly full time. And I went, if I don't leave this country I'm not going to do a job I'm not going to actually be an actor so I just came over here and went that I landed in London and went okay I'm an actor I'm going to introduce myself to everyone as an actor from now on fantastic and I decided I was (laughs) and was it easy to stay legally or yeah so I'm really lucky I mean we don't know what's going to happen do we but uh, my dad's Greek so I have a Greek passport which is my rite of passage to live here and I would never really want to give that up or my Australian passport so yeah so so it's very easy for me to live here I think for Australians they either need to have the ancestry visa or European access for, oh. you know the first five years that's fantastic and uh so where is home for you home's london Ooh. that's <laughs> but, yeah, okay yeah i mean australia is well when i go back to brisbane and i'm with my family but yeah this is home now mm. and you have a little boy can I have we a little say boy. that yes uh does he have a british or an australian accent he only says dada mama at the moment so he doesn't have any accent but he's also probably going to be an actor. He's already done his first commercial. <laughs> oh, wow. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I think he's probably going to have a posh accent like his dad. <laughs> we like that. We like that. Uh, so the plan, I'm guessing, is to stay, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think Brexit is going to affect you? I'm, I, I hope not. I, I, w- I would think not anyway. <laughs> I used to walk around the house going, if you like it, then you better put a ring in it. Ever since Brexit started to my poor British partner, <laughs> because we're not married, we're living in sin. And uh, yeah, so he used to laugh. But, you know, really, I'd be fine. We'd, we have a baby together here and I'm sure there'll, something will be worked out with the EU people that have lived here, I would assume. But I could go for residency if I needed to because I've been here that long. Absolutely. And how do you find it being an actress here? It's interesting because, um, yeah, like the first couple of years, my Australian accent was quite strong and I had worked with a voice coach to work on that. And now when I walk into a room or I go and do work, when I do put my British accent on, I just sound British. And it's, you know, my Aussie's really toned down and I can hammer it up when I need to. Um, but... So, yeah, so I found that really interesting because I'd go for parts and they would just, <clears throat> they'd hire me just as an Aussie. They'd just have to because my, my English accent wasn't strong enough. And, um, but then I always do all my voiceover work as an Australian. I very, very rarely book English voiceover work, even though I've got a ring, English reel and I've done some English jobs. So it's kind of really odd. Like I Absolutely. skip between the two. Does that affect your identity? You know, do you feel, what do you feel? Do you feel British? Do you feel Australian? I feel it. I feel Australian and European and I think I always will. And even, I don't mind being able to doing characters. I love doing characters being British and, you know, having an English accent. But yeah, I always feel Australian and I quite like doing all the Aussie um, voiceover work because it makes me feel like I am still like a little part of me here. And I'm on an advert at the moment in Australia that's me being Aussie and all of my mates have seen it and they keep messaging me going, you're on the TV. And it's really, it makes me so happy to see that like my Aussie buddies know that I'm doing some Australian stuff because that doesn't happen it, it very often. It keeps a connection, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's with... what it feels like. It keeps a connection, yeah. That's very interesting. Um, mm. Have you ever been discriminated as an immigrant? Don't actually think I have. I mean, I get rubbish about my accent all the time and people think they're really good at doing 
imitations of it as a joke, <laughs> but no, nothing really serious. I've always had a really great experience. Do you find it offensive, this thing about trying to do your accent? No. I think that, that maybe other people do, but I think Australians are pretty chilled and they're pretty relaxed and we just, we, you know, we, we don't mind the, the, the jesting, like the, the joking around. Yeah. Do you think you could have done the same thing if you had stayed in Australia, that your path would have been similar somehow? It could have been, and and actually, I've got loads of really successful acting friends who are there. But then I've also got a lot who who once their careers really took off, they went to America, and they either do six months in America and six months in Australia, or they just live in the US now, like full time. But I do think it's a lot slower, and it takes a lot lot longer to build because there's just a lot less auditions and work, and so yeah, I, I you know I would struggle to go back there now because like there's a just a, there's a lot more opportunity here, and then I, I guess if you go to America, there's even more. So. Absolutely. Do you think if you had the same opportunities, the same life yeah. that you have in London there, would you move back or oh, not? Yeah, if, yeah, I would actually. If my partner turned around and, they were, and he was okay about being in Australia, because that would be a consideration as well. Oh, yes. If I could have the same acting career in Australia, I would probably want to move back. If I'm honest, <laughs> that's very you know I I feel yeah. the same. That's very that's honest. A tough question. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. It is. Um, we said you've moved to London a few years ago. We're not going to repeat the number. Um, <laughs> what do you like about life here? Oh, I love the busyness of London. I love this is such a vibrant city. It's I. It's, Brexit aside, I think it's just a really multicultural city, and I love that, that it has up until now embraced all different cultures and all different walks of life. And it was kind of like so it, that also makes it a little bit eclectic, it's a little bit interesting. Um, I just think there's lots of opportunity here for people to do anything and be anything. It just feels like this really kind of cool city like New York, where you know, you, once you hit London, you're like, oh yeah, I'm in this really cool city, and they've got the Tate and they've got tubes and parks in the middle of nowhere, and you can drink pims on the street. Oh, it's just so wacky and so fabulous, and theatre everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. And what don't you like about life here? Oh, the weather. I bet everyone says that, but it just destroys me. I'm, I'm, I'm solar powered. I'm made in Australia in a hot, hot city. You know, like it's thirty degrees sometimes in winter in in where I'm from in Brisbane and Bundy. So it's a struggle. It gets me down. <laughs> and I don't like I don't like tubes in peak hour. I love that I'm an actor and I don't have to deal with that because I don't like standing under someone's armpit and then someone else stepping on your foot and people squashing each other and being angry. There's lots of passive anger in London. There is, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> um, how, what is your connection um, with your community here, the Australian community? Are you connected with the, the Australian community here? Yeah, or? yeah, I guess I am. It, it would always be more with Australian actors who are over here, but then I'm also still really connected with the Australians in Australia as well and, you know, work with... Um, I both work with actors that I mentor but also with companies and organisations over there, so I still blog for them, which is really nice. Um but mostly in terms of Australians, they're either my mates that I was just hanging out at the pub with or they're actors, they're Aussie actors. I see. Mm. Well, let's talk about your work because apart from being an actress and a voiceover artist, you, you've created a great um, 
um, opportunities for actors to develop and to get further in the industry. How did that come about, the idea of TweetUp and the blog? Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so I went to LA many, many years ago when I was thinking about potentially being, you know, one of those actors that moves there. And I met up with a friend who runs the LA Actors TweetUp. And I was already informally doing this get together with people in the pub who are all industry folk. And I just said, I really love what you're doing. Can I borrow that? He said, absolutely. So I created the UK Actors Tweet Up to be exactly like the LA Actors Tweet Up and the New York Actors Tweet Up. And then from that, ours just kind of grew. And then one day, you know, they were like, oh, we love what you're doing with yours. We might copy some of those things. That was really cool. So now LA does talks like we do as well, which is amazing. And it just, it feels so good because actors pay so much money for headshots and workshops and sessions and show reels and voice reels and everything else. And we put these events on that are under a tenor and they get to go and see and meet really experienced and some of the, you know, the best industry cast directors and agents and, oh, you know, producers, yeah, yes, yeah, BAFTA writers. nominated producers and Netflix producers and writers and directors. And it, it yeah, the caliber of our speakers is exceptional, but it's just helping actors. It's just give it, it's me getting to give back to my buddies, you know, all around the UK yeah so I like that and then I guess babe is the same it's just an extension of that it's first created a, a blog it started just as a blog and it was just about just sharing insights in the industry for new actresses that were starting out and then it just kind of grew from there absolutely no mm. it's it's fantastic and what do you how is the the actors who come to the tweet up or who get in touch with the blog do you get a lot of international ones yeah I do and 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 at any given time I've often got I'm often mentoring actors from all around the world so I'll have some in Europe some in LA um, other parts of America and then Australia as well so that's that's quite interesting and um yeah I don't know I didn't even realize it initially I didn't even realize that people were reading it that far um and then in terms of who comes to the tweet ups it's just anyone that hears about it we our motto used to be just because we didn't ever put it out on social media in the beginning we just said just invite your people that you like just don't invite idiots you know and so we had this really nice bunch of people that would always come along because it'd be like oh I want to tell my cool friends about this and then we got so big that we just started sharing with everyone (laughs) well that's fantastic do you think the industry is uh open for international people here in in London what's your view on that I do I think um it's harder um I think that the just the what you know the acting industry in general is getting easier for everybody because we're getting more open to to letting people not just use have their own accent uh and also we're you know having more females in roles and we're looking at the the issues with you know black people not being represented enough in film and tv etc um but I still think it's not quite there I don't, you know, we don't, you, you know, London's so, like I said, it's so multicultural. Shouldn't we have more Italians and more Spanish and more French on our TV shows? Shouldn't there be one in EastEnders and in Coronation Street and whole bit? I, I mean, I don't watch these shows all the time, but we should have more Europeans represented, shouldn't we? You know, Absolutely. maybe even the odd Australian here and there. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. And uh, we're seeing a development. You know, mm. the good thing is there's yeah. a lot of people trying to create work. So we'll, we're hoping we're pushing yeah. the industry in that direction to be representative yeah. of the world yeah, around us. Yeah, which is us. so good. Finally. Well, I'd love to chat more, but we're getting to the end of this interview. We, we're not going to let you go before we uh, try the test. We Uh-oh. have it with every guest. It's Uh-oh. a very simple question. We're going to test your level of Britishness. You've been here a while, so are you ready? Yes. Okay, so the answer is true or false. Okay. Okay, shall we go? Yeah. So, 
At times of necessity, it is acceptable in the UK to jump ahead of others in a queue without asking permission first. False. Yes, well done. False. <laughs> False. And when did you learn your queuing technique? Oh, definitely. It'd be quite early, quite quickly. The, 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 the British love a queue. Love a queue. A bus queue, a tube queue, any queue. Well, yeah. uh, let, me say, let me say you would probably pass one of the questions of the Life in the UK citizenship test because that oh. is absolutely right. <laughs> so you are 100% British. Um, I'm so sorry. We have to leave it here. Thank you so much for being Thanks with for us and me. for sharing your stories. Brilliant. Hello, you are listening to Wealthy Women. Our next guest is Andrea Rocha. Andrea is a 24-year-old Mexican-Canadian. She works as a session cellist in the pop scene, playing with people like Callum Scott and Liam Payne. She also writes and produces for pop artists around the UK. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> I, know, um, I know I've said you're Mexican-Canadian, uh -huh. but I feel I have to ask, where are you from? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. What, now when I go back to Canada, I call London home. And I mean, I've been here for almost five years. Um, but they've been quite crucial years, I guess. Because it does get a bit confusing because I, I grew up a bit in Mexico and then we lived in Canada. So I don't know. I guess I'm just a melting pot of things. <laughs> when, when did you come to the UK? Uh, when I was 19. So I just turned 24 this weekend. Yes, so coming up to five years now. Yeah, very, very young. Um, and when did you move to Canada? We moved to Canada when I was six. And your parents are both Mexican? Yeah, they're both from Mexico City. So you speak fluent Spanish? Yeah. We, we grew up speaking... I've got an, an older sister and we grew up speaking Spanish at home. We were like the only Mexican family in our town and... We thought it was so uncool to speak Spanish, but I'm really glad they like forced me to do it because now I'm now I'm bilingual. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm so yeah. jealous. <laughs> um, um, and when why why did you decide to come to London? Um, so I was studying because I'm a cellist and I'm classically trained, and I was studying classical music in Canada, and I just found myself finding much more enjoyment doing pop music and playing in bands and writing um so I took a couple months out after my first year of university went traveling and decided to move halfway across the world because my parents were like okay you can move but you have to have a degree so I said fine I found this university in London I'm going and they were actually really supportive and and I don't know if they knew that I was going to stay here for so long but they're proud <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I know you, you kind of already answered this question, but where is home for you? I think London. Most definitely. Yeah. Do you, do you ever go back to Mexico? Yeah, I was back. I went for the first time back to Mexico City last year for my cousin's wedding. And it was really cool, but... I mean, culturally, I love I love Mexico and I love the, the culture and all the traditions. But when I go back, I do feel like I'm more Canadian and British even. I don't know. But it does feel nice to go back to Canada because it's, it's comforting. And it's like where I grew up and it's just nice. 
Would you consider moving back to Canada since mm-hmm. you still feel a connection? Because I understand that Mexico feels more like a foreign country, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I don't know if I would go back to Canada. People ask me this all the time. I'm in the process of applying for a new visa, which will basically allow me to stay here indefinitely. So I guess that kind of <laughs> means that I'm wanting to stay. I mean, I've got my boyfriend here and... I don't know, the music thing is kind of on its way to happening. So I think I'm going to stay. So, um, Andrea, you were telling me about your immigration status and and what's going on. But I Mm -hmm. guess uh, first I would like to know why did you decide to come here? Because you could have gone to America, you could have gone somewhere else to study, um, you know, pop music and, and all of that. I mean, I don't know where else... Right, other than America, you could have gone, but but I, I don't know actually. But I yeah, I'm just curious to know what was what was it about London? Did you have any connection to London before? Have you been here before? Or? I don't know if I should tell you like the real story or the the G-rated story. You want the real story? Okay. Well, after that year, I took out. Um, no, I didn't take a year out. I went traveling for a couple of months, and I met this really nice guy from England. <laughs> Um, so that was maybe why I decided to choose London instead of somewhere like LA. Um, nothing ended up happening with that guy. He was just a big catalyst in the middle of my life. But, um, yeah, that definitely helped. And traveling, I also met so many cool British people. And, and I think culturally they're quite similar to Canadians, but maybe a bit more cultured and fun. <laughs> Dare I say? I would agree. I spent I spent a year in Canada, so I yeah. know a lot about Canadians and I I think so. But Canadians are really like really nice. Yeah, Canadians I, are awesome. Like I love them. I just feel like being so close to Europe, I think it comes more naturally to know more about what's going on. But I I love Canadians. I'm not dissing them. <laughs> okay, so and about the um your sort of uh, status situation because I remember a few I think yeah. a few years ago that you were a bit I you, was you, so you were, stressed you were, yeah you were about to finish uh, university and you wanted to stay and yeah. it was very difficult because um, people might not know that if you're not European and who knows what's going to happen now but if you're not European it's so complicated to stay even if you're not like from a third world country like Mexico <laughs> even yeah. if you are American Canadian it's just very complicated if you don't have a European connection yeah and I've got Spanish ancestors but the year before I moved here they changed the law and I couldn't get my citizenship um so I ended up buying time and getting this uh visa that if you're from commonwealth country you can stay for two years and just work and they kind of just don't ask any questions and it's really nice but um mine expires in august so yeah i'm on to the next visa and hopefully the last visa (laughs) and then we'll see what happens because you are nearly here for long enough to actually apply for citizenship aren't you well so my years as a student didn't count and the years on this visa that i'm on now don't count so the visa I'm getting lasts five years and then I can stay. And that one would, you, those five, five years would count. Yeah. That's so infuriating. I know. When the years don't, I, that happened to me. I was a student for three years and it didn't count. Yeah. Uh, and it's so it's, frustrating. Yeah, it just makes it so much more difficult. Yeah. Um, 
But fingers crossed for this yes. new visa and that, you know, you'll get to stay for another five years and then exactly. hopefully do the test and all of that. And speaking of the test, I have one last question for you, which is, um, is a question from the actual test mm. to get uh, citizenship. Um, so oh just God. to test how British Is it about common knowledge? You are. Um, not, not, not really. So, so just, just bear with me here. Here it is. Um, at times of necessity, is it acceptable in the UK to jump ahead of others in a queue without asking for permission first? True or false? False. Yes, it is false. In you Mexico, it's yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> in Mexico, it doesn't even need to be a time of necessity. No. <laughs> you can just jump and just yeah, pretend that you don't know what's happening. Although sometimes um, I do that in Sainsbury's if I act like I'm foreign and I just... So you, 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 you play your Mexican side. You bring yeah. your Mexican side out and go, yeah. Sometimes. I just do that when I cross the road. I'm like, I'm going the Mexican way. I'm, yeah. I might die, but I'm just... Yes, well, um, we have unfortunately run out of time, but Andrea, thank you so much for coming no and for sharing your story with us. It was lovely to have you. No worries. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. If you want to get in touch, tweet us at worldly underscore women. We would love to hear your comments. <laughs>